Kevin Kennedy here with you with the Home Run Porch. We've had a little bit of technical difficulty, but we want to talk about the Twins game. Uh, So I'm here with Madison. Will's on the phone. Madison, you there? We had a lot going on. We're juggling a lot of things Yes, we're juggling a lot of things. We had a lot going on But here's the thing. Let's get down to the brass tacks. The Twins are moving on. Oh my goodness! Hey, why don't you, let's cue up that that song? How about let's do it? We, we I want to play some because I want to get back back in that the juices flowing in my body. I want to hear the Minnesota Twins theme song. Hit, hit, let's let's. We're gonna win Twins. We're gonna score. We're gonna win Twins. What's that baseball song? Knock out a home run. Best part. We take two games from the Toronto Blue Jays um, and just an electric couple days at Target Field. Um, I myself was in attendance yesterday on the KFGO Game Day Express. Shout out to everyone who joined us on the bus. It was an awesome time um, and got to see history made. 6,937 days from yesterday. The Twins had Okay, oh, They were always saying that it was 18... 19 years. 19 years. 6,937 days. 18 games, was it? Since we'd won? Since they had won. They won yesterday. But here's the thing. It happened today. We're moving on. And is Will still with us somewhere? Will, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, my gosh. Will is is here. And Will was there during the excitement tonight. Will, you know, we, we were talking yesterday. I was telling you guys about how exciting the atmosphere was in the ballpark yesterday. Compare it to today, Will. How was it today when the Twins made some history? It was utterly electric. Um, I've been, for the past you know eight months, I would say, uh, since the WBC, I've been comparing all crowds I go to to the uh, Puerto Rico-Dominican Republic game. Uh, and I, I have this quip that I've been saying that they were cheering for a routine grounder to second like they had just won the Super Bowl. When we really got going as a crowd today, especially in that inning where we put our two runs up, I had never heard anything so loud, so electric, and so in unison was the thing that really got me going. It was it was something I'd never experienced before. Oh, my gosh. So you could see it on the TV. I mean, we were, yeah, we were we listening were, on the radio shout out, and watching yeah, it on the TV. And it was shout out. Electric. You know, it's it's been a – a long day on KFGO. We were out at uh, the Emden, uh, out at Emden, giving away some uh, harvest snack packs today, and there was a buzz about the Twins happening there. Um, and so Eric Johnson, Joel Heitkamp, the likes of they, we were watching the game here in in the studio, and uh, almost like we were working really hard while we were watching the Twins. Anyways, you know, we, we it was some great baseball. Everyone is happy, and everyone was just waiting, waiting. Is this going to be it? Is this real? I think all the Twins fans, you know, after the amazing game that happened yesterday, were wondering, is this real? Is this going to happen? Is this our time? And honestly, I think it is our time. Will, what what going on in the game? Let's talk about today's game as we move on, and we'll be facing Houston, the Houston Astros, on starting on Saturday. That's going to be down in Houston. Um Talk about how the game unfolded, Will. Did the fans, did the atmosphere start electric like it did on Tuesday? 
It did. Um, I We got there early, and uh, my dad was telling me that there was a little less people there as early um, as yesterday. But when Sonny Gray went out to the bullpen to start warming up, uh, the crowd got going immediately. Um, it was already louder than most regular season games, and it was probably only a fifth full at that point. Um, so it started an hour before first pitch. Then first pitch came. Everybody was on their feet. Everybody was cheering. Every two-strike count, people were cheering. And if it was two outs already in the inning, everybody was on their feet from the get-go all the way through it. Um, so, yeah, the crowd came to play today. And listening to uh, you know WCCO and Treasure Island uh, radio broadcast, the, the post-game show, uh, the players seemed to appreciate it. Um, we know for a fact that it made the difference on that daylight play uh, where Carlos Correa picked off Vlad Jr. So it was awesome. It was awesome to be a part of, and I I feel proud to be a part of that uh, crowd today. I got a question for you, Will. The We were texting during the game, and from from the TV broadcast and also from the radio broadcast, it felt like the biggest the, – the, the game changer was Burrios coming out. Could you could you feel that in the stadium? Or, or did the audience or the I mean the fans just go, Are you kidding me? I mean, it would just seem like such an odd thing. A Rod on the on the TV telecast was just like, Yeah, the manager didn't make this decision. This was made by the management. Very odd. Okay. It was very, very odd. I don't understand the decision at all. Um and when it happened, there was a couple Blue Jays fans sitting in front of us and they were utterly perplexed. Um, nobody had an answer of why he was coming out. He was absolutely dealing, and you could see on his face just how mad he was that he was leaving. And everybody was waving. Everybody was saying bye-bye, uh, Barrios. And and it, it felt, in that moment, it felt like the whole game just got thrown away by Toronto right there. We were, uh, Madison and I were listening to the post game with Corey Provis, but they, they cut over to the manager's uh, the Toronto managers, and I don't know, it was. It sounded like it might have been Toronto media guys or something yeah, who I were asking was, questions, yeah. and the guy kind of cornered him on and asked him on that question. He says, you know, taking money. He says, well, we had a bunch of different plans in place, but you could tell that it felt like that was not the manager's call, like it had been decided by the general manager or the owner or something like that. Like they had talked. A-Rod said that during the telecast. He said, yeah, this was not – he did not want to take him out. and it Because he was, what, 48 pages? Forty, I think he yeah. ended with forty-eight. Yeah, um, 40, that's it's insane. So Blue Jays manager John Snyder, like you said, we heard a little bit of his um, post-game press conference, and it kind of felt like he, if he would have maybe kept Brios in, like his job would have been on the line. Like it sounded like there will be punished. Like it sounded like he couldn't do that. To, yeah, he like, had no choice. You know what I mean? He had no choice, and I'm sure Blue Jays fans just. I mean, I've seen Twitter already, and it's already blowing up that Blue Jays fans are so mad about this and are calling for Schneider to be, you know, fired, which, I mean, I think that happens every time your team loses. Is I, like, don't, you I know just what don't I mean? feel like he seemed reluctant to even walk out there. Will, you were up on the third base line, right? So you were behind their dugout? Yep, we had a really good view of them. And I guess in the moment, I didn't see that reluctance or anything because we were all very perplexed. But they had Kikuchi warming up in the first inning, yeah. or after the first inning, in the bottom of the first inning. And I turned to my dad and I said, they got the lefty going. And I didn't understand it. So then I thought, maybe they're pulling a Craig Council move where <laughs> they're going to have Barrios pitch one inning. And then they'll bring in Kikuchi, and they'll they'll fix the the platoon lineups, 
and then they'll bring in Bassett to finish it off, oh. and they're hoping to have Barrios pitch tomorrow. But that's not what happened at all. So I, I have, I mean, they let they let him go three innings. He dealt the whole time, and then they pulled him. It just, it's very perplexing. Again, you're listening to the Home Run Porch. We're taking over here after a, a Twins postseason victory. Twins moving on. They're moving on to the American League Division Series. Um, that uh, that starts on Thursday, or excuse me, Saturday. on Saturday, you guys. Saturday. And so that's going to be against the Houston Astros, who have had a first-round bye already. Um, we're probably going to see Framber, Valdez, and Justin Verlander. Houston is rested. You know, you said, we've played, Madison, we've played you said a few you games. Verlander was going to pitch the second game. I believe they'll they'll roll with Framber first, and I can defer to Will what he thinks. But I would imagine it's going to be Framber and then uh, so the Justin twin? Verlander. But then it's up in the air. We'll get Will's take here. Um, but it's like, do you go with Joe Ryan? Do you go with? I mean. If I was Rocco Baldelli and I I would talk to Pablo and say, Are you okay? Maybe it's in the cards. Maybe. I don't know. You know, what do you think, Will? I would be hesitant to start Pablo game one on three days rest. Um, that seems like you're you're really gambling there. And with the pitching staff as deep as we have, I, I just I don't know about that gamble. Um, I was always under the assumption that uh, it would just be over no matter what in game one because uh, Ryan and Kenta would stay on a, a schedule as in they'll do the bullpens tomorrow, extended bullpens uh, to be stretched out. I guess I don't know. I, I mean, I think you probably want Joe Ryan game one um, over Bailey Ober, so that makes sense to me. Um, switching gears then to Houston, um, if I were uh, Dusty Baker, I'd start with Framber in the first game because the Twins have been terrible against Lefty. Um, I don't know if that's going to be what they do. Um, they seem to have a, a preclusion or not a preclusion. They seem to have a predisposition towards Verlander, um, but that could change since we are not good at hitting lefties. Yeah, definitely. Um, talk about, so obviously Will Thompson there, he was, uh, he was at the game tonight. You probably saw him. He was wearing a, uh, a cream twin cities jersey. Yeah, which, My which, favorite which jersey, jersey of the, of the, of the year so far. Which jersey were you wearing, Will? Yeah, I was wearing my Buxton uh, one, and I, I had the Twin Cities sweatshirt underneath it because it was a little, little chilly in October, and the, the Twin Cities app. You could see me and my my dad. We, we They cut to us on uh, ESPN during Carlos Correa's uh, sixth oh. inning at that. Wow. Really? So we're dealing with a famous person tonight. Uh, yeah, I was looking for you, too, because I knew you were in a good spot, especially when they would show the right-handed batters from the batter's you know, when they do that side shot, yeah. I said, I know Will's up there somewhere. So, so Will, talk about uh, when we were walking out on Tuesday from the game, there were there were chants that were happening. Like, fans were, like, cheering as they were leaving. What was it like uh, leaving Target Field? Same exact energy. Exact same energy. People were cheering. Let's go, twins. They were high-fiving. Um, there was pure jubilation in the concourse as we were leaving. Gosh. Okay, so let's – Let's talk about this game then a little bit. So, obviously, I think the the other than the two big mistakes by Toronto pulling Burrios and Vlad getting picked off, I mean it, that doesn't sell the Twins short. Sonny just had a masterful game. I mean he did, did. I was in the in our little Twitter group. I was I, I thought they should bring him up for another inning, but it was fine. They didn't, and we got through fine. Um, and our bullpen held up pretty well, I have to say. Sonny Gray was he was an absolute bulldog on the mound. Yeah. Five innings pitched, 
obviously no earned runs, 6Ks, just a couple walks for him. And I think it says something, too, where the Twins, maybe at the halfway through the season, were not comfortable in their bullpen. They weren't confident in their bullpen. But now I think maybe it's an easier decision that Rocco has to make. Like, we got, I got, you know, we got Varland. We got Paddock. We got, you know, um, now that we got Brock Stewart back, like we got options here. We got good options. And it makes the decision easier, I think, on Rocco to say, hey, Sonny, you know, great. Thanks for giving me five, six. We Which, got he gave him five, but he only pitched, he only threw four, uh, 85 pitches. So my thought is, I don't know. I, you know me. I, I, I'm a big believer in stretching out the, the, the starting pitcher especially with some of the issues he, we've had. But I don't know that that's going to be that. Yeah? He had a lot of base runners. I, I believe he allowed a base runner in uh, four out of the five innings, and I believe he allowed two base runners in three out of the five, if my memory is serving me correct. So, I, I mean, he had a really, really good game, and he pitched uh, incredible when there were runners on, and he needed to be at his best. He was at his best. Um, but I think it was the right decision to take him out when they did. The uh, interesting thing, I was looking at my stats here, Twins only had six hits in the game. And so they stacked them right in that fourth inning, really, but they, they didn't really hit the ball that much. And uh, the Toronto Blue Jays had nine hits in the game. Yeah. So yep. the uh, uh, theirs were spread out more, um, so they were at the right time, if you want to look at it that way. Also, there's also some people taking to Twitter, or now called X. I don't know what you call it now. Are you Xing? X, I don't X-ing. know. Like you can't tweet. Tweeting, Do you twexing? <laughs> anyway, yeah. people are already saying, and this happened yesterday, and it kind of made me a little mad. People are saying, some people, I shouldn't say uh, the whole population of Twins fans and Twins territory, but they are saying that you know, after yesterday's win, well, Royce can't do everything. You can't, you know, if he's gonna be. The only person, you know, doing, you know, all the offense, like, that's a that's bad. And, like, I think I'd like to call those people back right now and say, um, how's it going? We got a team here. <laughs> like, this is a team. Like, Royce, if you can drop a two-homer game and win us a game, that's fantastic. But as a fan, and you're saying that, well, you know, for the – the 19 years we have been waiting, the the 6,937 days we've been waiting for this, and after that historic win, all you have to say is, well, I hope Royce Lewis, you know, can do that every game, or, you know, Royce Lewis can't be, it's like, maybe don't be a Twins fan then. The, maybe uh, Royce. Don't, don't, don't be in the misery with us, and then be miserable when we have the biggest win of our career. Royce was 0 for 3 and had a walk. So and he, that's okay. And that's and that's fine. The interesting thing was it felt like their team was making judgment calls as if Barry Bonds was coming up to bat, that they were literally making shifts and uh, pitching and changes and that sort of thing because of him, which was quite interesting to me because they didn't do that for really anybody else. And I, I really thought they were going to intentionally walk Royce when they brought in the closer. I was like – Oh, they're just going to fully give them the Bonds treatment and just not even, but they didn't, obviously. Talk, but uh, I mean, the respect was a lot. Talk about, it was like, talk about that. Well, like uh, when uh, on Tuesday, every time he, 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 uh, he came up to the plate, every single Twins fan was on their feet and it sounded, it looked like it was the same. It was the same for today's game. And, you know, especially if he gets up in a big spot, like that's our guy. 
Yep. There was uh, every single at-bat that he was up for. There was everybody on their feet. Um, there were chants of MVP, chants of let's go Royce. Um, the, the full fan base was behind Royce. And what I saw from him in his final at-bat that made me the most excited, I don't know if it ended up going on air or not, um, because then there was a little bit of a delay because there was a pitching change. Uh, but as he walked up to the plate, the camera man uh, had a free cam on the field and they were following him and he was looking right into the camera, talking right into the camera. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what he was saying. I don't even know if it aired, but the confidence that this young man has, I've never seen anything like it in not even just sports, but in life. Yeah. he. I mean, just like he said, when he, he pimped that home run yesterday, I think he either said, I'm here or I'm him. I forgot. I don't know if we ever figured out what it was, but it was I'm him. They I'm did him. A, they did a video introduction for his second at bat, and uh, it had it had a caption "I'm him," him yelling as he was running, and so yeah, it was I'm him. Yep. Royce is him. He is our. I would compare him to he is our Moses. He's going to lead us. He's leading us out of into the promised land. Um, let's, Let, let's. I want I want to talk quick, you guys, about maybe an uncomfortable conversation. Okay. Byron Buxton. Okay, that's what I was going to bring up. Next. I, was gonna... <laughs> I I was I think I told you guys ahead of time. I thought there's no way they're going to leave Byron off the postseason roster, but the fact is he can only DH, and if Royce is DHing, you, you obviously play Royce over him. What does that do to Buxton? I mean, we were listening to the post game interview of Buxton, and he he did all the right things by saying all the positive stuff. But it was painful because I think he knows because because if if Royce could play in the field, then he would be playing in the field. You put Planko back at second, he plays third, and then Julian's the the guy taken off the bench, and now Buxton can DH. But Buxton can't play the field. I remember a spot for I him. remember our, one of our first shows, you guys, in the KFGO Text Club. And if you're still with us, <laughs> we can answer texts. KFGO Text Club. Sponsored by Adventure RV three five two seven zero. Yeah, please text in three five two seven zero. Anyways, I remember in our text club saying it was early in the season, and this person was asking, "Hey guys, what about Buxton? Will Buxton play in the center field?" And I remember I said, "I don't know if he'll ever play center field in his career again." And unfortunately, it seems as though things just aren't going in the right direction. He, you know, he had a couple rehab assignments with the St. Paul Saints at the end of the season. Um, but uh, asking Will here, Will, did you catch any of Byron Buxton's? I think it was, I think Corey Provis was interviewing him at the end of the game, and he sounded like uh, he might be the most uh, the most depressed person in Twins territory today. I, yeah, I think that's an accurate assessment. I mean, I think there's still hope that he comes back. Um, I, I think, in my understanding, of what I've read from beat reporters and coverage of the team is that they think. Royce will be good to go probably for the next series in the field. The only thing he was having trouble with was coming forward and making plays. And, you know, we've already seen Jorge Polanco have trouble while fully healthy, come forward and making some plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that there's hope that Royce will be playing in the field again, which would potentially open up the DH slot. Um, but I still think, I, I mean, they've been trying to get him in center field and he's been, He's been working out in center field, and I don't know. I maybe call me delusional, call me naive and too hopeful, but I, I still feel like maybe it won't be against Houston. Uh, maybe we'll have to make a deeper run for him to be available. But I, my hope is that he will at some point play 
and hopefully it's in the field. But, but even it, then, him being in the lineup would be good. Do you want him in there if he if he? How how is he going to get reps? Or do you trust? I mean, yes, he's a big league hitter, but I mean, he was still striking out against well, that's when it. they were playing you, in St. Paul. Like, how how could you trust him to not? I mean, just frankly, not strike out, right? And I mean, he's going to well, strike out, but you know what I mean. Here's here's a trade off. The trade off is Taylor. So Taylor's over three today. Taylor has not looked impressive for a couple weeks now at bat. But he made two really good plays yesterday in the field. Now, if Buxton can match that, and then we have the opportunity. Because when he hits a home run, you know, it's it's done, which Taylor's yeah. not going to do. So do, do, do you gamble that with the thought that, well, we'll pull him in, we'll give him a roster spot, we'll play him in center field, and if he blows out his leg or, or he can't do it, we always have Taylor well, to fall back. I don't know. For the record, Michael A. Taylor hit about 21 home runs this You're year. Right. He so he, he, he can hit some home runs. But I would actually say that the person that he would replace uh, in terms of a roster spot would be Andrew Stevenson. Mm. And now we didn't use him either of these first two games. Um, but it's nice to have that speed off the bench. But if Buxton can provide that speed off the bench and maybe be a go later – you know, maybe you make that call then. I don't know. There's there's yeah. a lot to consider. Um, but one thing of note is that Stevenson wasn't utilized in this two-game series. So perhaps we're not losing a lot by yeah, switching him out point. for Buxton. Yeah, that is the right. I think it also had to do a little bit with the game script. Like the Twins yeah. were never down. You know, they were never they That's were never true. losing a game and never needed a runner maybe to pinch run and really needed the speed. But you're right, though. Like if they – you know, if they here's the thing you have to ponder: if they they haven't used Stevenson, do you put Byron over Stevenson in? You know, if it's honestly just pitch running, you know. So I think that's a question that they're going to have to answer. And I mean, we'll see how Byron. You know, we'll hear from him here in the next coming days. See how he's feeling. And you know, again, I, I don't know the day, but maybe will. You know, do you know what the the deadline for their their next round of uh, roster projections for the division series is due maybe the day before friday well i was trying to figure it out i couldn't see anything online but we know that for the wild card it was due at 10 o'clock the morning of the first game so i wouldn't be surprised if it was 10 o'clock on saturday that they have to have it finalized by so the other thing i i don't know if you guys read the article but there was an article out there that byron had gone into rocco's office i think it was on sunday basically begging to be put on the on the roster which i don't know and and Maybe that was – I would think that Rocco had some say in that, but the fact that Rocco didn't put him in that's a, says I mean, a lot about his belief and whether he's going to contribute to the team or that's not. That's a tough decision to make, you yeah. know, and, you know, who knows what uh, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine's opinions of that were probably helped into that decision. But also, um, here's a question like, what do you – Will, what do you do with Buxton in the future? Like, say it doesn't work out here in the playoffs – what, what, does he have a place on the team anymore? Yes. Okay. He definitely does. He he was um, by the numbers. He was uh, at least in the top twenty in DHing this season. So I mean, he has a roster spot on a major league team. Um, I think that in the future, I, I disagree with your assessment that he might never play again. Um, they really tried to prioritize playing him this year, playing him anywhere at DH. That experiment has failed. I think that we can say with certainty that Byron Buxton is the kind of player that needs to play in the field. He needs to be able to feel like he's contributing when he struggles at the plate. 
Otherwise, he has a hard time getting out of those struggles. I, I think that that's just how it is. Some people aren't meant to be aged. That's just how the game is played. But that does mean then that if the priority next year isn't getting him as many starts as possible wherever, if the priority is giving him starts in center field, I think that they can give him more time to recover. You know, perhaps his knee needs another surgery. I, I don't know. It didn't seem to have uh, to have worked in this offseason, but I just can't imagine that there's so much damage done to the knee that he can, can't ever come back and be, you know, something at the very least. Do you trade him? No. Uh, first of all, he has a full no trade clause, and uh, Byron is going nowhere, I would imagine, um, you know, based on how he talks about the team, the city, and, and everything. Um, so I, I don't think that trading him is even an option. Uh, and second of all, he's only making 15 million next year, um, which yeah, that's a little bit of money, but it's, it, this isn't a, this isn't a, a John Carlos Stanton who's making 35 million and is below league average and is only a DH. Like for the record, Byron Buxton had a better season than John Carlos Stanton and John Carlos Stanton is making twice as much money as him. Okay. Yeah. I did want to say, like you said, Byron Buxton is top twenty, you know, or has been in the twenties of. But you know, there's only thirty MLB teams. Right <laughs> no, but anyway. Well, it, it, it's obviously something that's going to have to be. It, it'll it's a all, conversation they're going to have to deal. They're going to have to have it during the the playoffs here, but then at the end of the season, they're definitely going to say, "What is his role?" Now we don't have an obvious guy to step into center field. My, Michael A. Taylor's been fine um, and done a good job for us, and like you said, he's hit twenty one home runs and. He's been the biggest surprise, I think, on this yeah. team this year because we we literally thought by June he might not even be on the team. Yeah, and now he's got some of the most at bats for the team, and he's very good in the field. There's no doubt about that. But we need a guy that's, you know, well, I don't know, 21 home runs is a Walker lot, Jenkins. So. He'll be here. What do you think? Like 2026. 20, <laughs> Well, the way he's been playing, he might make his debut next year. I mean, he had almost 400 in, in 50 games this year. What level was he playing on this year? Was he in? They played rookie and then advanced A. Yeah. Um, so okay. he ended the season playing along with Emmanuel Rodriguez. He moved um, up, though. And, I mean, they moved him up real quick. Yeah, well, he deserved it. He was. Yeah. I mean, he only struck out once after they promoted him. I mean, he had a really good half of a professional debut season. I'm looking forward to what he does next year. Walker Jenkins, remember the name. We'll come back to it in four years, all right? <laughs> Will, curious what you think the keys to the Houston series are going to be. Well, and they're not going to let you off the hook in terms of at-bats. Um, Houston's got uh, maybe not as deep of a lineup, but their top end is, you know, you've got Jose Altuve, you've got Jordan Alvarez, you've got Kyle Tucker. I mean, these are very, very dangerous at uh players that have championship experience um they're not going to hit two singles and then not score a run um if you give up a couple hits in an inning you should expect to give up runs um but on the flip side their pitching isn't going to be nearly as good as what we saw from gosman and barrios um and their bullpen is a little shakier than toronto's as well so i i would expect a higher run scoring environment from both teams um and that's you're just gonna have to outscore them at that point so you can't you can't go in a game you like here's the thing you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna shut out the astros you know no. what i mean it's it's gonna be i mean and here's the thing here's the thing i'm worried about you guys like i think the astros had joe ryan's number the entire season especially Jordan. i think he tagged him for a few home runs and a few 
I mean, everyone take Joe Ryan for some home runs this season. <laughs> but uh, but I think, you know, that's what has me nervous where it's like, do you, you know, who's starting that game? Is it going to be Ober? Is it going to be Ryan? I, I think could, I agree. I could think you Ober. do a Ober Kenta or, or Ryan and then into Kenta? And like Paddock hasn't pitched yet in the postseason. And so uh, I think there's lots of different options. But I think I'm going to agree with Will. You're going to definitely – have to see more offense here in this division series and if you can if you can steal only one this weekend I think that's a win yeah come back home target field home you know the fans are going to turn out um to the team we saw that throughout this entire week like I think everyone was so amazed by the turnout um at target field the fans were into it 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 was a Tuesday it was a work day you know you told your boss hey um uh, I'm sick (laughs) um anyway uh where's my homer hanky (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's uh I think I think home Minnesota Twins territory is going to be a key for the division series. So if you can steal one in Houston this weekend, I think that's that's okay. What do you guys think? And I think that's possible because Houston was significantly worse at home this year than they were on the road. Um so yeah, if you could steal one uh and if you could steal the one against Framber, if it's game 1 they throw Framber and you can beat the lefty. Oh, you're sitting really, really good in that series. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I do think that we we have to take one down. Do we, do we play on Monday or is it five straight days? Do you know? No, I believe I believe we play Saturday, Sunday, and then we get Monday off, and it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, and then Thursday. Right, so we got Saturday, day. Sunday. Yep, Monday off. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, and Friday. Oh, is so, that what it is? And then the next okay. So yeah, I get one, two, three, four. Um, we only yep. have about a minute and a half left, but I am stunned by Tampa Bay being knocked out like the, the yeah, way they Yeah, well, were. how about that? They're, they only scoring just, one run in two games. I mean, games? that if you would have said in April and May what was the team to beat in Major League Baseball, it was Tampa. No, no question. And to to get yeah. just swept right away. Just was to kind of just to do to a quick review. So the Rays are out. Blue Jays are out. Um. It looks like the Diamondbacks, did they win or it's no, up 5-2? No, it's going to the bottom of the ninth. They're up 5-2. And five the Phillies two. are ugh, killing the Marlins right now. Yeah, they're up 7 7-0 Grand Slam this last inning. So here's a here's a fun fact. Like, all of these wild cards are going to be done in two games. Here's a fun <laughs> fact for you. But anyway, like, Twins territory this weekend. I'm sure this will be worked out. You can probably, this is only a guess, but hopefully hear them right here on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO, home for Twins territory. We'll, we'll let you know. Long. We'll know uh, what day, Friday, what the, the game time is for yep, Saturday. We'll keep you updated on KFGO Facebook. Yeah, we'll keep know it then. tuned to all KFGO social media platforms. Home Run Porch Boys, we got Will, Kevin, and Madison. We're looking Stay to, tuned uh, to this well, weekend. Hold on. We're looking to this weekend to do a post show. On Saturday and yep. possibly Sunday. Maybe at we'll a bar, you know. maybe a watch party. Yeah. We're going to get that figured out for you guys. Well, I spent some 